We'll be in chapter 2 today. And uh, no shame if you need to use your table of contents. Not a very large book in the Bible, so go ahead and uh, take your time to find it. As you are uh, making your way to chapter 2, just want to review last week. Last week was our first week in this series. Um, we're, we're super creative with this series title, One John. Uh, over one John. So um, we started a brand new series. John is writing to brothers and sisters, and they're grieving, they're confused. And why are they grieving and confused? Do you anyone remember? Don't hurt my feelings, guys. Opening myself up. Yeah, false teachers. Yes, thank you, Clayton. You saved the group. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, there's false teaching going on. People are leaving the church. Um, These leaders are leaving the church. They've been teaching false things, and it has grieved and hurt the people. And John is writing to these brothers and sisters, and he's being super black and white with these people. He wants them to be absolutely certain of some foundational truths. So these leaders in the church were trusted. They abandoned ship, teach false things caused confusion was going it was rampant john is coming in and setting the record straight i want you guys to know this and he would have this like very black and white language he would use just to make sure i want to be absolutely clear he's very concise in his language and you may have noticed that last week in the things that we talked about Um, So, like we mentioned last week, John's using black and white language. Uh, He wants his brothers and sisters to be absolutely certain of the foundational truths that when it comes to Jesus and what he taught. And one of the foundational truths that John mentioned in chapter 1 was something so short and so simple, and it was this one foundational truth. I want you to say it with me. God is light. Not God is somewhat bright. God is kind of like light. He doesn't use like or as in this. He says, God is light. I want you to be absolutely certain of this. God is light. And guess what? In him, there's absolutely no darkness at all. Like He wipes away all uncertainty. God is light and there is no darkness. It's like you're staring at the epicenter of the sun. Like he is absolutely so bright. There's no darkness in him at all. He uses such clear and concise language to these brothers and sisters who are confused. So we pulled out some foundational truths and uh, something in our student ministry that we're doing this year is we're putting all of our messages on a podcast. So if you missed last week and you want to ca- and you want to catch up, you can go on a podcast app and you can listen to our messages of ones that you missed. And so last week, if you did miss, I would encourage you because it's the first one, we kind of do a lot of we do a lot of legwork in the front end of it to kind of get us where we're going now. And so if you missed last week, I'd encourage you to check it out and, and listen in so that you can be caught up on all this. But we, we uncover some foundational truths with this whole idea that God is light. So I want to start off today with a question. It may seem obvious, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Is it okay to know God and yet... Live like you don't know him. It's good. Thank you, Emma. Emma says, for the record, Emma says no. Yes. I think most of us would say, no, that's not okay. 
It's not okay to know God and yet to live like you don't know him. I think we all would verbalize that. I think many of us would like, no, of course not. Like if you think about it in human relationship, that's actually really hurtful. You know, like I know you, but then like you run into that person somewhere else and yet you act like you don't know. Isn't that the worst? Right? Like, I hate awkward encounters. Yeah, like human interaction. Ugh, darn that. That is awful. Yeah. Like, that's actually really hurtful, though. You know? Like, to act like, to actually know someone and then to act like you don't know them, it's really hurtful. So I ask it again. I'm going to ask the question again. Let's really think about it. Is it okay to know God? And yet act like you don't know him. And the answer doesn't change. No, it doesn't change. But here's the, here's the reality though. Why do we do it then? Because the reality is like, yeah, I think the answer is very clear and obvious. No, it's not okay that we know God and yet act like we don't know him. But yet why do we do it? I think if we're actually like gut-wrenchingly honest, I conveniently forget my commitments to God more than I care to admit. I conveniently forget that I have a relationship with God and yet choose my way over his way. And I think I think we all do it too. See there's a certain danger that comes when we know God but choose not to follow Him in obedience. See, obedience is like what I want to hone in here on. Like, it's not okay. Like, if we know God and act like we don't know Him, we're not walking in obedience. We're not following Him. We, to choose and not follow after God, like we're just saying, God, I, I know you, but I'm embarrassed by you. You're, you're cramping my style, God. See, obedience, oh man, there's so much I want to say about obedience. We're going to kind of talk about it a little bit more, but uh, Adrian Rogers says this. I'd be, does anyone here that's under 30 know who Adrian Rogers is? Perfect, yeah, exactly. So Adrian Rogers, pastor, says this. Study the Bible to know about God. Obey the Bible to really know God. Study the Bible to know about God, but obey the Bible to really know God. S study the Bible to know God. Obey the Bible to really know God. See, I think Adrian Rogers is on to something here. I think he gets it right. Study the Bible and you know about God. Obey to really know God. There's a vast difference between knowing and doing, right? You know this. I don't have to tell you that. I don't really have to teach you that. You already know this, that there's a vast difference between what you know and what you actually do. You know this and I know this. The problem, that's the problem though. 
is that I know what I ought to do, but what I actually do is actually a reflection of what I actually believe. We know a lot. We know a lot, but what do we actually believe in my heart? That, that disconnect is detrimental to us, that we know a lot. Like, I may have gone to church my entire life. I know a lot about God. But man, when there's a heart disconnect, and I'm not walking in obedience, I'm not obeying God, my life's off, and you know it. You know it is. That's what John's addressing here in chapter 2. The difference between knowing and obeying. There's a huge difference when it comes to knowing and actually obeying. So, 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. I'm going to read the verse in its entirety, the passage, and then we're going to, we're going to dive in. Verse 3 of chapter 2, it says this. This is how we know that we know him, if we keep his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. Verse 6, the one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old command that you have, that you have had from the beginning. The old command is the word you have heard. Verse 8, Yet I am writing you a new command, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Verse 9, The one who says he is in the light, but hates his brother or sister, is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother or sister remains in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Verse 11, but the one who hates his brother or sister is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Let's pray. Oh, God, this, this passage, oh, it's more challenging than I'd like to think it is. Oh, God, would you open our eyes, open our hearts, God, to what you have for us um, God, give us the boldness and the courage to walk in obedience. To not just know with our heads, God, but to walk with our hearts. May that be said of us, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Oh, man, guys, I, I'm serious. I struggled. I struggled with this passage. It, this, is, this one, if I could just put it bluntly, this passage kicked my rear. Like, it was awful. <laughs> I don't want to, if I could just skip a passage, probably one of these, like this whole knowing and obeying gig. Like, it's just easier to know. It's just easier to know. But this isn't what God's called us to. You know, like, I, I think many of us can fall under the category of knowing because a lot of us have grown up in church. But man, it's whenever we obey. Let me just tell you, I'm jumping ahead in my notes, but I don't even care. Like, I want you guys to know that the very thing that will propel your faith forward is obedience. The thing that will separate you, the thing that will make you peculiar and different to the world is that you actually obey Scripture. 
Like nothing propels you forward in your faith quite like obedience does. Verse 3, uh, John says, This is how we know that we know him. If we what? Verse 3. Look at it. It's telling us if we keep his commands. John's telling us this is how we know that we know God. How? We keep his commands. He's being so black. I'm not trying to trick you guys or anything. Like he's just telling us straightforward. This is how you can know that you can know God is that we keep his commands. I think John is addressing some of the confusion that's happening here. Perhaps the audience here was being told of another way you can know God. And John is just putting it very simply. Again, black and white language. You can know that you know God. You can have assurance. Is what he's saying. You can have assurance if you keep his commands. You don't just know God by keeping commands. But rather, when you truly know Jesus, it is actually an overflow that you choose to obey the things that he's teaching. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a theologian, old dead guy, one of my favorites, he says this, Only he who believes is obedient. Only he who is obedient believes. To put it simply, to love God and to know God is to obey God. To love God and to know God is to obey God. This is a way we can see the genuineness of our faith, obedience. Just by obeying God. Obey His commandments. How can you know that you know God? Obedience. Obedience is the avenue of assurance. That's how you can know that you are of God, is that you obey his commands. Verse 4, John says this three times, by the way. Verse 4 is the first time he does it. He says, the one who says, he says that three times in this passage. The one who says, I've come to know him, and yet doesn't keep his commands is a what? Is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So quick, quick lesson here, you don't need me to tell you this either, but what do you use to tell a lie with? Your mouth, yeah. You use your mouth. And the truth is not in him. So like you use your mouth, what you say, and the truth is not in you is who you are. There's a huge disconnect when our mouths don't match up with who we are. A huge disconnect when our mouths don't add up to who we are. We are spiritual fakes. We are deceivers, and we are claiming to have a genuine relationship with God when our obedience doesn't follow. You tracking with me? Like our mouths and our actions don't add up. We may say, yes, I have faith in God. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I listen to Caleb. But do our, what is our actions? Like my obedience, like, yeah, but I'm a gossip. I thrive in dirt. I want to disconnect people from their friend groups. I want to be in the know. I want to be, we would never verbalize this, but I want to be the cancer in that group. That's what our actions are saying. Like, man, our mouths say one thing, and our actions say something different. The disconnect is detrimental. 
So we need to be praying for a desire to obey God. Man, that just needs to be a, a simple prayer of ours. God, give me a desire to obey you. Because let's just be honest. Do we have that desire very often? I desire what I want. But God, would you just give me a desire to obey you? Give me the courage to obey in the assurance that I know you. Verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. See, John is continuing to make it clear here that there is a direct relationship when we obey God and when we're loving God. When, we, when our obedience is done out of an overflow of a love for God and a desire to obey Him, the love of God is made complete. There's a direct correlation in our obedience and our love for God. Verse 6, this is the second time John says this. He says, the one who says... The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. Who is he? Jesus. Jesus. Yes, we did it, guys. Yeah, Jesus here. John is saying the one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. See, our obedience to the word of God, whenever we obey scripture, like our obedience to the word of God should conform us into the image of God's son, Jesus. God's word confronts us with our sin. If it's not, you're reading a different Bible. Like the word of God confronts us with our sin. It rebukes and it corrects us. If we read it, digest it, and live it out, God is chipping away at us. Anything that doesn't look like his son, Jesus. So this, this first half of this passage, uh, verses 3 through 6, John is talking about this vertical relationship, God and me, this vertical relationship. Then he goes into this horizontal one here. Verse 7, he says this, Dear friends, and what did, what did John say last week um, to just show his love for his, what was it, Paige? He said, my little children. Yeah, it's like John just so cares about this group of brothers and sisters. He says, my little children. Last week. And then this week he says, Dear friends, like John loves these people. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old command that you've had from the very beginning. The old command is the word you have heard. He's talking about the law that Moses gave us, this law. So Jesus then in John 13 talks about a new command talks about it. John, uh, Jesus gives a new command in John 13. It says that the world will know you by, do you know it? By your what? The world, huh? Like the world will know you are mine because of your love. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, like the world will know you are mine because of your love. See, that's the new command Jesus gives in John 13. But verse 8, he also says this, Yet I'm writing you a new command, 
which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light's already shining. So we need to wait a second because John just said it's not a new command but an old one, but now he's saying now I'm giving you a new command. Well, which one is it? It's both. The idea of love is not new by any stretch. It's as old as God and is rooted in the law. But for those that are new in Christ, this is new. It's new for us. It's a new way of living. It's not normal for us to live this way. Verse 9, this is the last time John says this, third time, he says, The one who says, the one who says he is in the light, but but what? But hates his brother or sister. Now he's getting in our business. You need to back off, John. All right. You know, John is saying, but the one who says he is in the light, his mouth, like, I'm in the light. I'm with Jesus. I align myself with Christ but you hate your brother or sister is in the darkness until now. This one packs a punch. If you say with your mouth, I align with Christ, yet you hate your brother or sister, you are walking in darkness. If you say you are in the light, experiencing the life of Christ, and you hate your brother or sister, like, man, I wish I didn't have to say this, but like, you are walking in darkness. Spiritually fake. You are still in the darkness and you do not belong. This is eye opening. Man, like, we are so disconnected. If we hate, if we hate our brother or our sister, this isn't the way it ought to be. He says this in verse 10, the one who loves his brother or sister remains in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother or sister is in the darkness walks in the darkness and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So in this passage, in verse 11 specifically, John confronts again the person that hates his brother or sister. There's four conclusions that can be drawn from this last verse. If you walk in darkness, one is that you are in darkness. Two, you walk in darkness. Three, you do not know where you're going. And four, you are blind. See, if, if there's an absence of love that spills and spews out of your life and pours onto other people that you're in a relationship with, I would ask you, do you know God? Now, let me just say that I'm not saying if you have a spiff with someone, then you need to question your relationship with Jesus. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I do think there is some, there's a major heart issue, though. If we have deceived ourselves in thinking, I am professing with my mouth that I am with Christ, and yet I'm actively hating a brother or sister. We have a heart issue. If there's an absence of love, 
and actually our hatred is spewing out and pouring onto our relationships, there's a heart issue. You may have taken inventory of your life and realized that I am full of darkness and I do not overflow with love. But I actually spew hatred. I just want to assure you that you don't have to walk in darkness. If you find yourself there, you don't have to stay there. You may have realized just in the fact that like I... Man, can we just be honest? Like, when was the last time you read your Bible? And you may think, oh, yeah, not too bad. Maybe a couple days ago. Maybe yesterday. Maybe it was today. When was the last time you read your Bible? But when was the last time you read your Bible and actively and consciously obeyed what you had read? Did we, did we read our Bible for the, the check off the list so I can keep my streak going on my Bible app? Or did... Did I really like actively seek the Lord and am I walking in obedience? Am I trying to position myself in ways where I can actually live out Scripture? So you don't, you don't have to walk in darkness. You can walk in the light as He is in the light. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm far from but love will be the byproduct of a heart that belongs to him. Love will be the byproduct of a heart that walks in the light. See, it's in darkness that fungus grows. You know, like it's like a, I don't know enough to talk about this, mushrooms. Mushrooms go, are a fungus, right? Yep, fact check. Yep, good. Yeah, mushrooms are a fungus and they grow in dark, right? It's like they grow in darkness. It's a fungus. And that's like the same thing like with our sin and with our hearts. Is like it kind of like in darkness, it festers and it grows something hideous and ugly. And it's like, this is awful. But man, if we, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, man, it's like scripture confronts us with our ugliness. Scripture confronts us with the very rebellion against God. And it can be addressed. But when we choose to walk in the darkness... We're not walking in the light. But you don't have to stay there. You can walk in the light as he is in the light. So let me have a moment and just uh, pray over you. And then uh, we'll be dismissed to our small groups. And in small groups, I didn't send out questions today, leaders, and I apologize for that. But I just want you to answer one question. When was the last time I read Scripture and I consciously obeyed it. And what's keeping you from obeying Scripture? What's keeping you from obeying Scripture? That's all I want you to talk about. So let me, let me pray over us. Then you'll be dismissed to your small groups. Oh God, forgive us. God, forgive us for the rebellion in our hearts. God, the times where we choose our way over your way. God, I pray for that student that is just um, under the realization that I've been walking in darkness. And God, I'm grateful for your grace. I'm, I'm thankful, God, that we, if we confess our sins, 
God, that you are faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and you will cleanse us, God, from all unrighteousness. And God, may we do that. May we confess our sins here tonight. God, so that you can prove your faithfulness, God, to cleanse us so we can walk in the light with you. So God, I confess. God, I pray and and just humbly confess, God, that uh, our hearts are not where they ought. But God, would you forgive us? Would you cleanse our hearts? Would you give us new life, God, so that we can walk in the light and let the overflow of what we read, let the overflow of what we learn from you, God, just pour out into our lives. There is a world that is dying to know who you are. May you use us, God, in a way to shed light in a dark, dark world. God, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I think uh, we'll probably just keep all the guys in one group. That sound good? And then, girls, you can split accordingly. I'm not sure what the breakdown is. I think it'll work out.